Welcome, welcome to Black History Mini Docs Podcast. I'm Bonita Brisker, actress, singer, writer, director, producer, and co-founder and CEO of AgriSmart Inc., an international farming and management company. But, but this is not about me. I'm so very excited and very honored to be a special guest host for the Black History Mini Docs Podcast. I'd like to take a quick moment to send a special shout out to the curator and the executive producer of BHMD, our very own Nima Barnett, television and motion picture director extraordinaire. Congratulations, Nima, to you and your husband, Reed McCants, who is the creator of BHMD. Congrats on your eighth year anniversary, producing hundreds of episodes of content, reminding us, reminding our youth of our history and our great legacy and our cultural contributions to the world. This month, we are focusing on Black women comedians who've made a significant impact on changing the narrative in a male-dominated industry. It was a long time coming before Black female comedians entered the mainstream, and they were mostly unrecognized due to unfair partiality. We'll say that, and we'll just keep it there. Because today we celebrate all Black women comedians who've reached a pinnacle of success and recognition based on their own merits and their own strength and their endurance. So I can hardly contain myself, my joy, about how much I adore this extraordinary woman that we have here. I am very happy to have this opportunity to celebrate the enormous talent of my friend, Roxanne Reese. Roxanne is an actress, singer, comedian, and storyteller with many stage, television, and film credits. You're best known for your role as Shirley Dupree in the hit series, Martin, that you actually created at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. And you also get starred in In Living Color, uh, Sister Sister, ER, MacGyver, just to name a few. And on the silver screen, you appeared in Mama's Big House too, Speed Dating, The Hustle, Woman, Thou Art Loose, and the list goes on and on and on. But I'd like to get to the fire. I want to get to the grease. I want to get to you, Roxanne Reese. <laughs> Roxanne, welcome. Welcome. It's such a pleasure and an honor to have you here. How Thank you, you doing? I'm okay. I'm all right. You know, I'm, I'm all right. You know, Working through it. Just yes. working through it. Yeah, yes, yeah. indeed, darling. You look, you look beautiful, Roxanne. I, I, you know, I, I want to talk about the impact, the great impact that you made on the industry for women comedians. You know, you've been a trailblazer. Your, your talent is genius, um, unfettered. I mean, you're fearless. You're one of the fearless people I know. Let, let me ask you, do you ever get nervous? Before a performance? Yeah, every time I every time I perform, I'm nervous about this interview. <laughs> no, it's really? all, you know, they say when you stop getting nervous, then you need to check yourself, you know. And I, I feel like I don't want to take my myself for granted or my craft, you know, and I just feel like, you know, I I I I work hard at what I do. It's you know, some people I just feel it comes really natural. I mean, I have a natural gift. Yes, you do. I have to work at it 
to. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Like, you know, I have to work at it. I, I respect so, that. I respect yeah. that you are very natural. And that's why I call you unfettered because you are, you know, I, I, I know you personally and you are just one of the most fearless women I know. T- tell me when and how did you first realize that you were funny and you wanted to pursue a career in comedy? <laughs> I wanted to eat, okay? Um, <laughs> I started out I started out singing at a young age when I was 16 years old in nightclubs in Washington DC. And um and then when that uh when I entered Howard University to study sociology, um my singing career, you know, got put on the back burner. And um but I, I, I felt like I, I wanted to, you know, be creative in some kind of way. So I was walking past the fine arts building uh, at Howard University and I walked in and I sat in on Vera Katz's acting class. And I said, hmm, I want to do this also. So I ended up, you know, doing, you know, taking the acting class from Vera Katz and uh-huh. also pursuing my career. I mean, and my- segued into acting. Yes, I went to acting, and then I ended up uh, winning the Owen Dodson Award that year. Won't tell you the year, but uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, we won't I, talk about years, with, with, I, 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 but, but you know, I I, I want to give a shout out because you mentioned Washington D.C. Yeah, D.C. You mentioned Howard University, also my alma mater, and Dr. Vera Katz, who I also studied with. So it's 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 really awesome that uh, you know we have those things in common, and that's another reason I'm super excited to to have you here and to be here with you. What comedian can you uh, tell us that who inspired you the most? Oh, well, let me say this: I come from a family who who have great senses of humor. My mother had a great sense of humor. My dad, I think the laughter is what kept us going in and during those really hard, stressful, lean times. And what happened was, you know, I, I studied drama. And so when I left Howard University, I, I decided not to be a social worker. It was not, it was not in, my, in the cards for me. I, I think it takes a certain person to deal with going into certain homes and dealing with people who are, you know, challenged uh, financially. And I just get too involved. You well, know? I think so, comedians also have that that uh, driving compassion, which you have. I, I know you do. But mm-hmm. what comedian inspired you most coming up? Was there anybody? The one wanted? that was more visual to me was Moms Mabley. Yeah. Uh, I don't want nothing old but some money. <laughs> and with that, I'm gonna buy me something new. Uh, to, to me, to, yeah, she, female, but the one who I yes. really loved was Richard Pryor. We all loved Richard Pryor, and I do remember the genius of Loretta Mary Aiken, aka Mom's Mabley, my father's favorite. Comedian and my mother, aka Moms Mabley. We owe a great debt to Moms Mabley. She's one of the very first black female comedians hitting the scene in in the early 1920s. She paved the way for black women. My dad loved her. My mom loved her. She was raw and 
unapologetically hilarious when she hit the scene. I, I, I want to talk more about comics who influenced you. You m- mentioned Richard Pryor. But first, let's take a short break for a special BHMD moment. And we'll be right back with Roxanne Reese. <laughs> All right, all right. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I'm Bonita Brisker, your special guest host of Black History Mini Docs. And we're here with the fabulous Roxanne Reese. Roxanne, Roxanne, tell us what were some of the challenges that you may have faced when you were making your mark in the industry. Can you share a short story with us or, or a moment where that you had to overcome or persevere through a time that almost stopped your efforts on your path to success? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was at the comedy store. Um, when, I, um, when I was doing Shirley in the main room one night, uh, Mitzi booked me at about 12 o'clock or 1230 that that Saturday night, I remember it. And I walked out on stage doing Shirley. Give it up, doggone it. And, you know, by this time, everybody in the audience, they probably had a lot, you know, a lot lot of alcohol in their system (laughs) by that time. Right. So I'm coming out there. Give it up, doggone it. And those people looked at me like I landed from the planet. Jupiter. It was it was unbelievable. I bombed. I had never bombed in my life, you know, because, you know, when you're doing the acting roles, you're behind, you know, you're doing a character. So I was, you know, Shirley, I'm doing a character. So I had never bombed before. And I bombed that night. It was it was like it was like I had been stripped Mm. naked. There was nothing that I was a shell of myself. That, and I felt so insignificant. And I went home that night and I was contemplating suicide, either oh, kill my myself, God. yeah, or read Joan Rivers' book, Enter Talking. Well, you can see I'm still here, right? <laughs> I, I sat up all night and read Joan Rivers' book, Enter Talking. And she talked about the many, many many times that she bombed. And so I I I I I I had to understand the process. I'm not the only one. You know, this is part of the process. It's part of the growth. Richard Pryor bombed. You know, I'm looking at clips about him early on and people said he he would come out and just try new material. And it wasn't funny. But he was yes. working through a process and working through it until he came up with a joke. So, but I see I had been, I, you know, Missy put me right out there early on. And because, you know, Shirley was really strong, but Shirley wasn't really strong just on her own. I mean, no, well, she was strong in her own. I can't say that. No, I understand day. that. It takes yeah. character development. A lot of people, as you mentioned in the beginning of this, that there's a lot of work to, to do. When you're yeah. building your, your confidence in yourself and you're trying to learn a technique 
And that was hard for me because, you know, you know, you say ego or whatever, but it was just hard for me to, to feel that way. People just looking at you. And then I walked off and there was no applause or nothing. And so Mitzi called me the next day. She said, Roxanne, you got to get more characters. And so I was watching one of the um, female impressionists over at the comedy store one night. And she was doing, she did the whole, all the characters in The Wizard of Oz, the singing and everything. And I said, hmm, I could do that. So I went home, took off about a month from doing the comedy store, and I learned to do impressions, uh, uh, Dinah Ross. Uh, can, you, can you do a couple for us now? Hello, everybody. <laughs> I love you. And you all the way in the back, I can't see you, but I love you too. But I love myself more. <laughs> and then I would do, you know, all, everybody, I was current Pat LaBelle, you know, I would do, you know, I had a, my girlfriend, uh, Faye Hauser, made me, uh, you know, Patty Bell with widows, that, that hair, that, yeah. you know, the spiked hair and everything. She made me a, a, a kind of hat wig with that, like that, and I did Pat LaBelle, running hot, running cold, you know, so, you know, and then I, you know, and so did Patty, and then what was another one I did, was very, oh, I did Billy Holiday, she wasn't so funny, but then that's got your hand. We love Billy. Yeah, and then I would do Judy Garland. You know, and, 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 you know, and then, uh, um, and, and other singers, you let, know, let, let me ask you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Let me ask you aside from stand up comedy, because you're well known and you're recognized as being a very talented television and film actress working with Martin Lawrence and Jamie Foxx. But, but let's talk about your stage credits. Because you were nominated for a Jeff Award for your outstanding performance in Regina Taylor's hit play, Magnolia. Yes. Theater in Chicago. Congratulations, by the way. Regina Taylor is a powerhouse actress, writer, director, producer. How was it working with Regina Taylor? Oh, wonderful. Um, Wonderful. We're friends to this day. Um, You know, because Regina is an actress also, then she was able to, you know, give me pointers, you know, and she wrote this beautiful play and this beautiful character, Carlotta, who I loved. I just adored, have adored, I adored myself doing her. Obviously, because you were awarded uh, for that that phenomenal performance. Another stage accomplishment um, <clears throat> was your performance on Broadway in For Color Girls Who Have Considered Suicide, When the Rainbow is Enough, yeah. as the Lady in Brown. And I have to say the full title because our youth today, they know the Tyler Perry film, but they don't know that it was adapted from the highly acclaimed play, which was written by Intozaki Shange a phenomenal Black woman playwright who passed in 2018. Um, let, let me ask you something about the Tyler Perry adaptation. What did you think about his film for Colored Girls? Um, well, it's a different media, number one. It was a different media, and I think... Um, Tyler had creative license and he did, you know, uh, he did some, you know, some, it was the vignettes 
were, uh, um, I enjoyed, you know, watching the vignettes. Um, but it's a different media. So the stage and taking it from the stage and to film, you know, he, he, that, you know, we are creators and we all have an eye, a creative eye. And that's how he saw it. You know, Let so you personally, I, I love Tyler Perry and, and, you know, greatly respect him. He's, he's very powerful. What did you think about uh, Kimberly Elise, phenomenal actress? I love Kimberly Elise. She played your character, the lady in brown. But as you're talking about the creative license that Tyler Perry uh, took to develop the film from the, the play, the characters were combined within the stories. Yes, yes. It was, it was totally different from the Broadway production, which uh, uh, Scott directed. So um, it's totally different. It's totally different media. So, but, um, you know, I enjoyed the vignettes that, that Tyler was able to create, and I enjoyed all those actresses, you know, are just wonderful. I would have liked to have been a part of it. But, <laughs> but anyway, I, you know, but Lady in Brown, I don't think she, I did Tucson Louverture because I was much younger than, than I was an ingenue. What am I now? But anyway. You're still um, an ingenue in your own you're right. right Anita. Okay, the you guy, always you yeah. always say forever. What what's your saying? Forever green and oh, uh, ageless and evergreen. Yes, that's yes. that's maybe how how do you rock the ageless and evergreen? And Lena Horn, Lena Horn used to say, uh, 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 a woman who tells her age will tell anything. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I, you know, but that's you know, right. I never so, tell mine. You can guess, but anyway, uh, no, you can't guess. Oh well, then maybe you can't guess. But anyway, that's what. Well, let, let me ask you this. Um, and now your image on stage on Broadway in that play is in the National Museum of African American History. I mean, you you must feel just over the top about that. You must feel galvanized. How 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 do you feel? Have you seen it? How do you feel? Oh yes, I've seen it several times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture of myself and Sharata. I knew her back then as Sharita, but now she's Sharata. So I, I have to respect that's who she wants to be called now. So Sharata, you know, I love you, but it's Sharata Hunt, but it used to be Sharita. It's a picture of her and myself dancing on graduation night. And it's uh, it's a beautiful picture. And I'm grateful that my girlfriend, Jahari, who was also in the show, she was able to, she donated those pictures uh, to the museum and they, Thank you. They thank you. They used myself and Sharita's picture in the exhibit there. I was so proud when I saw that in yeah. the museum. You carry the legacy of Richard Pryor. You carry the legacy of Martin. You've passed the torch to female comedians and you continue to empower women in the industry. But b before we run, I want to ask you to tell us what do you consider your greatest personal accomplishment in your career? <laughs> Being the opening act for Mr. Richard Pryor. For one whole year, I toured with Mr. Pryor as his opening act. 
And um, this was around the time that Richard um, was challenged with multiple sclerosis. So he was doing sit down comedy and I was his legs. I would um, do about 45 minutes before he would come on. And I um, would do my impressions, my comedic impressions, my Tina Turner. Are you ready for me? I'm going to take you back with a song way, way back to when I was married to gun-toting, hip-hopping, white beater, Ike Turner. That's why I moved like this. But anyway, you can't. It's kind of hard for me to do to, to do the move. But anyway, I had a shimmy dress on and everything. So it was it was great. I, I um, uh, it, Richard treated me with first class accommodations all the way from having a limousine pick me up to um, from my house, take me to the Learjet take from the Learjet where we were, wherever we landed to the five-star Ritz-Carlton hotels. It was just wonderful. And, you know, I'm from Washington, D.C., and uh, we were um, doing a show there New Year's Eve. And he invited, after the show, all of my relatives up to the um, to the rooms that had several seats and gave a party with hors d'oeuvres and everything. I'll never forget how kind he was to me. I had no, I have nothing but great things to say about Richard. And we came full circle because I, I met Richard when I was about 16 years old in Washington, D.C. Oh, at the really? National Theater. Yeah. And we, and we, <laughs> When I, this is when Richard was on fire. I'm not talking about when he set himself, when he <laughs> accidentally set himself on fire. I'm talking about when he, I mean, that's like when he was that gut bucket laughter, yeah. you know, from, yeah. from the pit of your stomach. And I took my sister Debbie, who was about 12 or 13 years old, and we had our rabbit fur coats on, right? And so I was just sitting there watching Richard just in amazement and said, I got to meet him. I got to meet him after the show. And Debbie, my sister said, well, how are you going to do that? I said, I'll think of something. So we found where backstage was, and it was a big bodyguard standing uh, at, in front of Richard Pryor's dressing room door. And I said, hi, we're Richard Pryor's cousins from Peoria, Illinois. And he told us to come backstage after the show. And the guard looked at me and said, you ain't his cousins, but you're cute. So anyway, he knocked on the door. <laughs> he knocked on the door and Richard opened the door and Richard said, come in, come in, come in. And it was a big old fruit basket sitting on, on his dressing room table. He said, would you like some fruit, some nuts, some nuts. <laughs> and we just started gig, 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 gig. And 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 then and then uh I I I think I remember him saying to his bodyguard, bring him to my hotel room, right? So anyway, and but so you didn't go with that age. And, well, well, wait a minute, let me finish telling the story. So so anyway, we he said, okay, and then we we walk out of the room, we walk out and 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 the bodyguard says, Okay, y'all going on now. I said, uh-uh, Richard told you to bring us to this hotel room. He said, y'all nice girls, go on home now. Mm, and like <laughs> he, huh? we came, I came full circle because 
on the Learjet, when he when when he asked him to be his to be his opening act, when he had his secretary of Maryland call me, to, because he had seen me at the comedy store in the in the original room doing my act. I was doing Judy Garland, and he thought I was singing to a tape that I was um, pantomime, but I had taped music, but I was singing like Julie. Judy, like Judy Garland. And so anyway, I get the call the next day and, and, you know, I was sleeping till about three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, that's what it was. And the phone rang and I picked up the phone. I said, hello. And a lady on the phone said, um, hi, this is Richard's uh, secretary of Maryland. And he saw you at the comedy store last night. He'd like you to be his opening act in San Francisco next weekend. And I said, okay, who's playing on the phone? I thought it was one of them comedians playing the phone because, they, you know, they do, would do crap like that. And they said, no, this is Marilyn, Richard Price. I said, okay, if you don't tell me who you are, I'm going to hang up. She said, this is Marilyn. And I quit the phone. Next thing I know, Mitzi calls back and says, Roxanne, why did you hang up on Marilyn? I said, oh, Mitzi, I, I thought it was one of the comedians, you know, playing on the phone. She said, no, that's that's Richard's secretaries. Anyway, we got that all straightened out and I told him what I wanted, you know, how much I wanted per show. He paid me very, very, very well. And so we were on the Learjet heading to San Francisco, sitting across from one another. And I told him that story about the fruit, the nut, the basket and the fruit, the nut. And he said, did I say that? And I said, yeah, but we, I had come full circle with this man. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, that this, I guess the bodyguard was my angel. Well, our angels that I, night, you so, know, you know, we, we have so many angels yeah. That walk us through the paths of our lives because it's quite amazing mm -hmm. that as a young girl you pursued a career. You know, with in you said you were sixteen when you started singing, and then you went to Howard University and you stumbled across an acting class, and then you um, moved to Los Angeles. You got in the improv group, and here you're one of your idols, Richard Pryor, sees you performing at the Comedy Store. And you end up his opening act. It's a testament mm -hmm. to the universe and for me to yeah. the power of, of prayer and God. Yeah, I believe that what's, what's yours will find you. You know, yes. Yes, we have to work at what we do and we have to work at trying to get work. Yes. But what's yours? And use your cannot be, You cannot be denied. You can't be denied. denied. Yes. Whatever's yes. yours yes. is yours. And I believe that. I'll be glad when something else's mind soon. Roxanne, <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been a joy. Before we run out of time, can you share with us anything coming up soon that we can look forward to so we can see your beautiful, talented self? Oh, you're so sweet. How many zeros did I put on your check? But then I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, um, I'll be doing a storytelling with a group called Tales by the Sea. It's myself and about four other storytellers. Also, you can see me uh, as Sister Patty on the Netflix show Family Reunion with Loretta Devine. Awesome. 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 Tell us, uh, how can people reach you for bookings? They can reach me through my email at Reese Eyes, R-E-E-S-E-E-Y-E-S -E 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 at yahoo.com. That's a nice, catchy email address. Okay. Other than your email address, can they contact your agent? 
Yes, my agent is Cynthia Becks at Alvarado Ray Agency. Roxanne Reese, I've had a wonderful time with you, my friend, my friend, the fabulous Roxanne Reese, everyone. Thank you so much for being here, Roxanne. And remember to look for her on the hit show, Family Reunion, streaming on Netflix. And please subscribe to BHMD, hit like, share, and leave us your comments with what, whatever is on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Please look for more exciting episodes to come. I'm Bonita Brisker. Take time to create a very empowering moment in time.